turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. Well, hello everybody, happy uh, Friday to you. Uh, my goodness, uh, what a busy week and uh, a lot of ground to cover today. By the way, coming up, Super Tuesday next week, so it's going to be an insane political week here in America. Uh, Wow, we have got a lot of ground to cover. I want to go ahead and give out our telephone number. Now, today, Open Line Friday. That means you can talk about whatever you want to talk about on today's program. We reserve all of those conversations for Friday, and uh, you can call in, uh, talk to Miss Lydia, and if she approves, you will be on the air. Uh, so be nice to, to Miss Lydia. Uh, 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. Uh, I want to start out with, um, and if you're, if you're following us, if you're watching us live on uh, Rumble or on, this, on Facebook, you already know the, the, where we're starting here uh, today. But I was I was really moved yesterday. The there was a lot of politics at the border, no doubt about it. But there was a moment that really captured my attention, and it wasn't President Biden feeble, shuffling around, looking lost, looking distracted, yelling about the climate while he was in Brownsville, Texas. By the way, we're going to be talking to a great friend of the program, Sergio Sanchez, who host a program in um, in that area. Um, that wasn't the, mo- the, the moment for me. It wasn't President Trump, by contrast, just barreling down uh, Trump Force One and rushing over and greeting and shaking hands with all the Border Patrol agents or that um, iconic moment. And, okay, there were two moments that really moved me. This is the first one. The president is standing there at the border, and there's the fencing and the razor wire that's been erected by Texas law enforcement, and there are the illegals in the distance, and they can't get into America because of the border fencing, because of the razor wire. And what does President Trump do? President Trump stands there, and he's waving. He's waving at the illegals. And they're actually shouting his name. Even the illegals know who Donald Trump is. But Trump, you have to imagine, was having a little bit of fun, kind of mocking the illegals. Not getting into this country, pal. Not today. Not here. Head on down to Brownsville. That was a great moment. But the moment for me, and look, I get this a lot. 
I, I get a lot of your messages and I see your comments and I know that, man, we have been through some dark days in this country. I mean, it's really been tough. And, and there are a lot of folks that are willing to, they're just ready to throw in the towel. We, we talked to a fellow yesterday who called in. And there was an MSNBC story, and, and Dylan, let, we can try to find that audio from yesterday from the MSNBC folks that were attacking country people, country folks. And and this guy is one of those people. He's a country folk. He is a, a guy who just, he's living his life. He's minding his own business, mowing his grass, going to work. He's paying his bills, doing what doing what everybody in this country pretty much ought to be doing. He's not in anybody else's business. Goes to church on Sunday. Probably goes to watch the grandkids play basketball or volleyball at the local school. And yet, the folks over at MSDNC, they they ridicule these kinds of people. They think that we truly are the enemies of American democracy. And I want to stop for a second here about that phrase, American democracy. No, sir. No, sir. Uh, MSDNC people, pay attention. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. We are a republic. So they're out there, and they're saying all these horrible things about, about country people. And I know our phones, we talked about this late in the show yesterday, and our phones just lit up. People were really fired up about this. And I, I just asked a simple question. Is it true that people who cling to our our values, our our you know, for lack of a better term, the better clingers, folks who cling to their guns, cling to their religion, are we really the problem in America? I would contend that we are the majority in America. I would contend that we are the silent majority, but we're the majority. And for whatever reason, people like us don't like to get out there and we don't like to vocalize what we believe in. The problem is some somewhere over, I, and I think it started in the Obama years when people were afraid to criticize Obama because if you did, um, you were labeled a racist, right? Remember those days? Well, I, I don't think that uh, the president should be apologizing on foreign soil for America. Racist, you're a racist. Wait, what? Where, where, did, where did you extrapolate racism from that? But that's what happened. And so I think a lot of people over the years were conditioned, were bullied into into silence. And what was it that Bonhoeffer, the great German theologian, said? Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. When you do not speak, you actually speak. When you do not act, you actually act. Dylan, I know I, I apologize for calling you. For Were we able to get that? So let's play that. Uh, we're, I'm calling an audible here, and I'm going to get to Trust me, I'm on a tangent. I'm going to bring it back to Brownsville in just a second. But I want you to listen to what they were what they were saying about, about us on MSDNC. I mean, we lay out the fourfold interconnected threat that white rural voters pose to the country. First of all, and we show 30 polls and national studies to demonstrate this. So we provide the receipts in Chapter 6. They're the most racist xenophobic, anti-immigrant, and anti-gay geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic sentiments. They don't believe in an independent press, 
free speech. They're most likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or the bureaucracy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalist. And fourth, they are most likely to excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative. So there you go. Um, And and this is the author of a book uh, called White Rage. And they truly believe that the, the most dangerous people in America are are white country folks uh, and folks who live in, in the suburbs. And they believe that you people who live in the burbs, uh, you people who are of the Caucasian persuasion, uh, are, the, are the most vile people in America. You are a clear and present danger to their version of, of America. So I just want to ask a series of questions here, and um, I'll just pose it like this. Would you rather live in a suburb or would you rather live in a in an urban ghetto? What, where would you rather live? Would you rather live in a community, in a neighborhood where uh, the lawns are mowed and people pick up the trash and um, everybody looks after their neighbors and the kids can ride their bicycles down the sidewalks and they don't have to worry about drive-bys? W- would you rather live in a neighborhood like that or would you rather live in a neighborhood where there's a crack house on the corner and there are drive-by shootings and people are screaming and cursing out in the front yard. The police are always there hauling somebody away. What neighborhood would you rather live in? Because according to the authors of that book, the worst thing would be to live in a suburb. That's what they're saying. Again, why is it that the folks out in the country are, are not out there, and why are they not out there marching in the streets? Well, they don't have time because they're literally growing our groceries. They're raising their families. They're, they're going to church on Sunday. They have lives to, to lead. And that brings me back to something that happened yesterday on the tarmac. And it was, I don't believe in chance encounters. I don't know about you. Some people say, wow, what a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. I I believe in in divine appointments. I believe that, that God puts people in places for such a time as this, to borrow a phrase from the, from the Old Testament, the story of Esther. And I believe that whatever happened on that tarmac yesterday was a divine appointment. And uh, President Trump was getting ready to go back. He was uh, on Trump Force One, and he was getting ready to leave. And then Franklin Graham, our good friend and the great evangelist, just happened to be there. And, you know, Franklin Graham, a lot of people may not be aware, but Franklin Graham is a pilot. I mean, he can fly the big jetliners. And uh, Franklin Graham happened to be there. And it it was not happenstance. It was not just a coincidence. I believe that for for that moment, as, as we are embroiled in this great turmoil in our country, as we watch the illegals swarm across our border and kill our people on American soil, there are people suffering all over this country. And, and again, Joe Biden promised to do this. He promised to usher in a dark winter. And there were those two men. And for me, it was just a, a, a reset, a reminder, because that – there, at some point, they they started praying together, and I don't know who instigated the prayer. I don't know. I don't even know what they. I don't even know what they were praying about. I 
We do not know the essence of the prayer, and we don't need to know. But for a moment, there you had Franklin Graham. And again, when President Trump, you know, he's not a handsy guy. He's not a hands-on guy. He doesn't like, he, he doesn't do that very often. Normally, the hands are by his side, especially when somebody's praying for him. But in this instance, you had the President of the United States, Donald John Trump, and he put his hand on Franklin Graham's back, and Franklin Graham put his hand on the President's back, and together, those two men on that tarmac at the Texas border spent time in prayer. I don't know what the essence of the prayer was. It doesn't matter. But here's the reassurance, and this is, this is why this was important. It was a reminder that faith matters, and faith matters to this president. Contrary to what you may read in the papers, and Donald Trump's faith in God may not look like yours. He may not go to a, a church where they have a worship band, and he may not raise his hands. He may not even go to church every Sunday. He may be out at the golf course on Sunday. And I know some of you out there, well, Todd, what does that mean? What does that tell you about the president and his faith? Well, it tells me he's pretty much like the average Christian in America. I'm just saying. But there's an essence there. There is something there. That is our hope in America right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's the hope I I write about in my book. That's the hope that I I wrote about in Twilight's Last Gleaming. My new book is not a book about doom and gloom. It is about hope and glory. Because I do believe that that's the solution right there on that tarmac. A president who has faith in God and a president who is not ashamed to declare that faith in public. A president who is not ashamed to have a man of God praying over him. But I'm telling you this right now. If somebody like Franklin Graham is giving President Trump counsel, that is good and godly counsel, and I believe that we are well on our way to turning this nation back to God. That's my take on it. All right, we're going to go to your calls. This is Open Line Friday. You can agree, disagree, doesn't matter. You get to call in and have your say today, 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, this is Todd Stearns, and I want to update you on my Calitrin journey. I'm still losing weight, I'm also sleeping a lot better, and I've got a lot more energy. Calitrin really is about more than just weight loss. Here's my good friend Elizabeth from Calitrin. That's right. I know you've had results with it. I've lost 40 pounds with it myself, too. And, y'all, it's just it's so different than everything else out there because it's good for you. It's drug-free, stimulant-free, safe, even if you're on medications. And, y'all, right now on our website, toploss.com, we're doing something that we only do every four years. So not only is it the biggest sale, but we've also opened up our half-price VIP Caltrain Club. So check that out on the website today, toploss.com. That's T-O-P. L-O-S-S dot com top loss dot com or call us toll free one eight three three top loss and be sure to use that discount code Todd All right, welcome back everybody. Good to I'm texting President Trump's office during the commercial break. My apologies. 
We're we're lining up we're lining up a big uh, interview uh, for Monday in advance of Super Tuesday. So we'll keep you updated on all that. In the meantime, let's go to the phone lines. I want to start our day in beautiful Little Rock, Arkansas, radio station KARN. Let's say hello to Ruben. Ruben, what's on your mind today? Hi, Todd. Yeah, I think it was divine intervention that President Trump ran into uh, Franklin Graham on that tarmac. People forget, before the 2016 election, Trump was pallying around with Falwell Jr., and then Falwell Jr. started having three... All right, well, let me let me jump in here, Ruben. Uh, where are you going with this? What's your What's your point, Ruben? Well, do you think Trump will have uh, Graham have threesomes with his wife and the pool boy? Ruben, you know, this is the problem with people like you. And to folks, Ruben is one of these, uh, we call them seminar callers. Uh, but the problem with people like Ruben, he doesn't have a day job, so he has to sit in his parents' basement and he uh, prank calls uh, radio programs. And I think that's pretty sad, Ruben, that you would do something like that. Uh, you could have at l- least been honest with the call screener. Um, why did you lie, Ruben? Why did you? Why didn't you just say, hey, "I want to come on here," and uh, you know, I want to, I want to be a jerk, I want to be an idiot? Since okay, we're done, Ruben. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let's go to Anthony in Alabama, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Todd. Uh, this is Anthony in Alabama, and um, thanks for taking my call. I listen to your podcast all the time in the evening, but I had something to relay to you how I feel about what's going on in the House of Representatives, and they're kicking the can back down the road again, and um, uh, we can't afford, we all know we can't afford this, and, and I think it's time, and I don't know how we could do this, it's time for the Republican Party to get some competition. I don't think they have any competition and uh, they need some change. And without that competition, they're not going to change because they're the same. And, uh, I mean, if you look at the Speaker of the House, does, does he actually instill any confidence in you that he's going to do anything? Not I right mean, I think not that, right now, Anthony. I, I And I just haven't seen it. I, I've wanted to see it, and I'm, I feel pretty bad because I was a big supporter of this guy. I had a lot of hope in Mike Johnson, and he's a good guy, but that doesn't necessarily make someone a good leader. And that's what we need, a strong, good leader. Exactly. That's what I say. And I don't know what's going on with them, but either either they're just grabbing for all the gusto, like the old Slits beer commercial used to say, while they can, because they've already taken the country off the cliff and we haven't hit the bottom yet, or they're just plain cowards. And they're not, they are not going to fight for us. Now, I have a lot of hoops in the uh, Article 5 Convention of States, but I don't think we're going to have enough states to get onto this because there's a lot of blue states. And we're short, and I don't believe the blue states are going to sign on to that. So I don't put a lot of faith in Article 5 Convention of the States, but something has to be done with the Republican Party. They are not going, they don't fight for us. They are not going to do anything for us. Yeah. And if we keep believing that, and I know right now they're the only game in town for us to vote for, but you can see what they're doing now. They're not going to do anything for us. I don't think it matters. I think Trump's going to do the best he can when he gets in there, and but he's going to be up against the wall, even with the some of the conservatives that are in that party. Well, so, I, yeah, I have no doubt about that. And Anthony, we got to skedaddle for a break here. So I, I appreciate your call, and and I think you know, folks, Anthony raises a, a pretty important point here, which is uh, Trump. Not only do we need Trump, but we need a Congress that will work with Donald Trump and not against Donald Trump. And when you go back to the first term, his first term in office, 
He was having to work against Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. That was the problem, is that the the Republican Congress worked against Donald Trump. So that's why we've got to do something here. And look, a lot of you are already speaking out by refusing to donate to the Republicans. You're supporting candidates and not the party. And I think that's the way to go. All right, got to take a break here. 901-260-5926, open line Friday. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. Our God-given freedoms are facing unrelenting attacks. It's a battle for truth, and the only way we win is if we stand together. Hi, I'm Todd Stearns, and thankfully, Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending our rights for 30 years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law protecting the lives of women and their unborn children against the Biden administration's attempt to override the law and force doctors to perform abortions. And they need your help. With your best gift, you courageously join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend our cherished freedoms. So call 855-417-6556 right now or go to ToddSterns.com and click on the ADF banner. With your help, I've already pledged to raise $17,000 by March 31st for ADF. Go to ToddSterns.com or call 855-417-6556 to make your best offer right now. I know with your help, we can beat that goal and help make a generational difference for freedom. All right. Uh, wow. Folks, uh, got some early totals in, and I just want to say thank you. We're off to now. We're off to a good start uh, in our big campaign for Alliance Defending Freedom. And uh, if we we told you earlier in the week, and now this story has gone um, has gone viral about the uh, the the girls basketball team at Mid Vermont Christian School. Uh, they have now been banned from all competition because they refused to compete against a school that had a boy on the team. And so Vermont stepped in, said, fine, you can forfeit this game, but you'll never be allowed to play again. So now all of the sporting teams at this Christian school have been banned from from athletic competition. They have an attorney of the group Alliance Defending Freedom. They're going to be fighting this case. And look, um, ADF, they do this free of charge. They only survive on donations, which is why we're raising money this month throughout the entire month of March. Our goal is to raise $20,000 for Alliance Defending Freedom. So as we head into the weekend, I want to head out super strong. I want us to get to the $2,500 mark. And I want you to take a moment and just remember what these activist government officials are doing right now. They are literally threatening our most cherished freedoms. But ADF is standing in the gap. Now, if you go to my website, toddsterns.com, very top of the page, you will see a Stand With ADF banner. Just click on that, and you can donate $5, $100 whatever you can afford to give. They're going to greatly appreciate it. Now, we're wrapping up the first week of the campaign, and it's because of people like you, grassroots folks, country folks like you, that the fights are being won in courtrooms all over America. Here's Kate Anderson. She is the VP at Alliance Defending Freedom. 
Well, I just want to say first, we're all in this together and we really appreciate the donors that come alongside us and make it possible for us to defend these important freedoms for everybody. There are lots of cases to be looking for. Um, we continue to work in other areas to try to defend on college campuses, religious freedom and free speech to protect life, to protect parental rights and marriage and the family. And they are very successful. They, they know how to do their job. They have the best attorneys working for them. They've won 15 times since 2011 at the Supreme Court. So again, click on the banner at ToddSterns.com and make your donation online, or you can call 855-417-6556. That's 855-417-6556. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's uh, go to Ohio Ian on the line. Hi, Ian. What say you? Hello, Mr. Starnes. Uh, good to speak with you. I'm a longtime listener. I love your radio show, and I'll do my best to be succinct here, sir. So regarding the remarks that were made in MSDNC, uh, this author that made these remarks uh, demoralizing and stigmatizing white rural voters, I think it's going to bite the left in the butt. Um, to, be, to be honest, I think it's a further continuation of what Barack Hussein, Hussein Obama said, calling us deplorable, uh, deplorable to cling to our guns and our religion. I think it's going to galvanize uh, these voters who are the fat majority to, to get behind, support President Trump, and reclaim our country this November. And then, so I want to hear your thoughts on that. Also, um, wanted to make a real quick remark on the unfortunate murder of Lake and Riley in Georgia. I think this illegal alien should get the death penalty. I'm not confident that he will, but it's a disgrace, and I'm just praying for, their, praying for her family. But uh, that's all I wanted to say. I, I love your show, Mr. Starnes, and thank you. Well, Ian, thank you for calling. I really appreciate that. We love all of our great listeners across the Buckeye State. And, and I'm with you. I'm, I'm concerned about how this Lake and Riley case is going to, to, to turn out. As a matter of fact, uh, President Trump was actually uh, talking about this at the border. And um, it's interesting to note this that Joe Biden has yet to pick up the phone and call the family of Lake and Riley. I mean, he's he did that any other kind of a case. If you have a George Floyd-style case, you've got uh, Biden on the phone, flying to the funeral, um, making, making the presence known. But that is not the case here when it comes to Lake and Riley. Uh, here's President Trump yesterday at the border. Cut three. One week ago, a beautiful 22-year-old nursing student from Georgia was barbarically attacked, almost unrecognizable, while she was out on her morning run. She was a morning run. She was doing a keep herself in shape. She was a beautiful young woman. She was a great person, best nursing student there was. I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond, beyond belief. But she was beautiful just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged, uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant, I guess. She was terrible, but he is, what he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden will never say Lake and Riley's name, but we will say it and we will remember it. We're not going to forget her. It's been just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days. It's hard to believe. And her parents are just, they can never be the same. Great people. 
and you can hear the the heartache in President Trump's voice. Uh, he he can he felt their pain. He talked to this family, and it says again a lot about President Trump's character that he would reach out to this family in their time of unimaginable grief. But Joe Biden doesn't care because that life does not matter. That life does not fit into the Democrat Party's narrative. That the and and again. Where are they from? Lake and Riley's family is from the suburbs. So they believe that suburban dwellers are very bad people, that they are the greatest threat facing the nation. By the way, the two people who ought to be brought up on charges, the mayor of Athens, Georgia, and the sheriff of Clark County, Georgia, they belong in jail because they have violated the state policy banning sanctuary cities and sanctuary counties. And they're on record. They ought to be arrested. By the way, Memphis, Tennessee, pay attention, you people. You guys were on Fox News just the other day. Turns out that Shelby County, Tennessee, is also a sanctuary county for illegals. And these illegals are not stupid, folks. They're going to be. They're going to start showing up. And I was reading some of the comments on our flagship station social media page, KWAM. And people are already starting to see an influx in the numbers of people that are speaking Spanish, only speaking Spanish, here in the Memphis, Tennessee area. Uh, Let's go to Jerry in Wisconsin. Hi, Jerry. Is this our friend Jerry the Liberal? Um, I'm not going to say, you know, just because you're a Christian conservative, Todd, I don't believe you're a bad person or you're a horrible person or because you're white, I'm I'm white myself, or you live in the suburbs. I I believe that most Christian conservatives and Christian nationalists are fundamentally good people. But what what I agree with is that there's some bad beliefs um, uh, that they have. I mean, all the people, there's people on the left who have bad beliefs that probably believe, people believe I have some bad beliefs, but, but they are more likely to be anti-immigrant. Oh, Jerry, we've got a super bad connection, so we're going to try to get that worked out, and we'll try to get Jerry back on, uh, and we'll try to get to the point of what he was trying to say there. Um, let's go to Ron, North Carolina, listening to us on WSIC on this open line Friday. Hi, Ron, what's going on? I'm a long-time listener of yours, and I love your program. I'm Thank a first-time you. caller, but I want to know why the Congress hasn't done something with Article 3, Section 3 of the Constitution, and why don't they go after him for treason, Biden? Just want your thoughts on it. Well, Ron, I, I'm not sure you're going to like what I have to say about that. Um, I, I just don't think they have the courage to stand by their convictions. I, I really don't. Um, and to your, I want to read Article 3, Section 3. I think I think Biden has clearly violated Article 4, Section 4 um, by not coming to the aid of a state that's been invaded. And, you know, Greg Abbott has made the official government declaration that their their state's been invaded and the federal government's done nothing. But Article 3, Section 3 of the Constitution, known as the Treason Clause, and it defines treason as levying war against the United States or aiding its enemies. So your argument, Ron, is that Biden has been aiding our enemies. Is, is, that, is that right? Is that where you're going? Absolutely. The southern border, particularly. And Ukraine. 
I think an argument. Well, yes, uh, and China. I think. I mean, it's uh, the list is a long one when it comes to the Biden fa- family crime syndicate. I, I again, the question is, why isn't Congress acting? That's that's what you asked, and I'm afraid it's just that our elected leaders, the Republicans that we have in Congress, are just not men or women of conviction. By and large, I'm not saying all of them, but by and large, they're just not men and women of conviction. They don't have the courage to do it, Ron. I agree with that totally. I've got one more question I want to run by you right quick. Sure. What about these illegal immigrants coming in? Are they going to be able to vote? Uh, yes, I, I think they will be, and they're, they're going to find some sort of a, a workaround, but we're already seeing that in some cities where they're allowing the illegals to, to register to vote in municipal elections. Uh, these people are not citizens. They have no right to vote. And, and Ron, my concern is this. They're shipping these illegals. Biden's very strategic here, or pardon me, O'Biden is very strategic, and they are moving these illegals into red cities and red states, and you watch and see what happens on Election Day. I hate to watch it, Todd. I'm afraid it's going to turn out severe. Well, uh, yes. I, I think what, you know, if if the Republicans, and I, I'm using air quotes here, but if the Republicans lose in landslides uh, in, in November, the, the fix is in. And at that point, all bets are off. I, I think you're going to have people taking to the streets. Well, I'm looking forward. I have been in the past three years. Um, I think civil war will be on in this country. It, it it could be, but I don't think it's going to be the way we would, you know, when you think about the civil war, you think about north versus south. I mean, we're talking about there are states above the Mason-Dixon line that feel the same way a lot of the states south of the Mason-Dixon line feel. So um, it would be a very different kind of a, of a situation. Ron, I got to run, my friend, but thank you for calling in, and uh, you give us a holler back one of these days. All right, we've got Jerry back. Uh, all right, so Jerry, uh, so finish finish your thought there. Okay, I'm not sure how, how much um, got through, but as I said, I, I you know, Christian conservatives, uh, I, I believe you guys are, not, are fundamentally good people. I just believe there's a lot of bad beliefs, and I believe that there's beliefs that anti more likely be anti gay, more likely to like oppose a fear of immigration. What do you so mean by anti what do you mean by anti gay? Well you guys are anti- I know you say, well it's because of your religion. No, we're not anti how does that make you anti gay if you follow the teachings you, of the Bible? How does that make you anti gay? Okay. Well, I, I I believe the Bible is it's in itself anti-gay. I know that that's a controversial thing, but I, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is the least but true, but the Bible calls for the killing of gay men you know, who have sex with other gay men consensually. So I don't believe that the Bible is a fountain or something should be followed. I believe it's fundamentally an immoral book. I know that's a controversial position, and I couldn't get elected to public office with that position today because that would be – basically forbidden for anyone running, but that's what what it is. So you you look at gay people and you say, well, you know, we don't like that, so we use the Bible. But I don't believe a good God would be anti-gay. I don't believe a good and just God would oppose people's rights based on being gay. So I, I, I don't believe that's a good book to follow. So, so let me say this. Um, look, the, the Bible has – do you, do you have a problem with the Ten Commandments? Um, well, most of the commandments do with 
you can't, uh, you cannot, you must. Uh, no, just yes or no, Jerry. Yes. Do you have a there's problem with the Ten Commandments? There's only four or five of them to do with morality. The other ones are commands to worship the God. You know, not to take the Lord's name in vain. Why difference does it make? Or not to work on the Sabbath? Why can't you work? Why is this God commanding you that you cannot work? All right, look, you should be I'm able gonna, to choose that day. I'm going to answer your question. We're, we're going to let you go, Jerry, because you are, are screeching and squawking and popping here. And that's not you. It's your phone. Uh, but uh, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, folks, Jerry the Liberal, uh, one of our regulars, um, says that the Bible is not a moral book. What say you? Uh, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Now, look, I, I just want to set the record straight here. I believe that and first of all i am a christian i am uh, what we, you would declare uh, you would define as an evangelical christian or sage con as uh, tony perkins is calling us these days um that being said i also believe in the constitution and i believe that under our constitution you should be able to live your life how you see fit provided you're not you're not shoving your beliefs down my throat and that's why, that's why I believe America is the greatest country on the face of the earth, that under our Judeo-Christian teachings, you can, you can be gay and live your life here in America. You're not going to be persecuted for that. But the problem we're facing now is Christians are being persecuted by the alphabet activist mob. And, there is, and we're going to get into this more a little bit later on, but I can tell you that especially in the military, there is an outright war on people who are Christians and people who do not bow down and worship the rainbow flag. And it's uh, this audio is going to shock you. We're going to we're not going to be able to get to it this hour, but we are going to play this this audio for you before the the show is done today. All right, so look, we're going to take a quick break. And so all that to say that I do believe that under Judeo-Christian teachings, you can worship God, you don't have to worship God. Uh, Jerry says that he doesn't believe in God, you can be an atheist. Is that my desire for you as a Christian? No, I want everybody to know Christ. I want everybody to go to heaven. But I'm not forcing my beliefs on you. I'm not saying you will do this or we're going to throw you in jail. That's not what we do here in this country. It's because we have a choice, and that is at the root, that is at the crux of what it means to be a follower of Christ. You get to make that decision. Do you follow? Do you not follow? We'll be right back. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for your continued support. And to thank you, they have an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use the promo code STARNS and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived won't last long, folks. Get a six-pack towel set for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers, 100% made in the USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels. They absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, so much more. To get the best offers ever, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS or call 800-839-8506 and get free shipping on your entire order while supplies last. haven't done so folks head over to amazon and get yourself a copy of my new book coming out twilight's last gleaming can america be saved 
Uh, let's go to Iowa. Jonathan listening to us on KXEL, great radio station. Hi, Jonathan, what's on your mind? Hello, Jonathan. All right, let's go to Larry in Oregon. Hi, Larry, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Todd. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Well, I, I just a regular listener, and I, I, I get fired up when, when, when our liberal friends call in with uh, their, their points of view of being equal with God and God is immoral, and the Bible is immoral, and I, you know what? It just gets right back to the base of where our country came from, and it's actually, I don't want to say a weakness of our country, I, it's, supposedly it's a strength, but when you kick God out of where our country came from and what our country is all about, we don't have a lot left to stand on, and we start going down the road and allowing people, and I don't want to say allowing like we're going to throw them in prison, but if the allowed view of our country is that the Bible is immoral, and you start kicking out the all the the things that our country was built upon, then you will get anarchy. Larry, and you very well said, uh, the computer's going to cut us off, but as John Adams said, our nation is our nation government is completely inadequate for anyone other than a moral people. We'll be right back, folks. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee. It's America's conservative blowtorch. That's a- Yeah, well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program, broadcasting border to border, coast to coast, across the fruited plain. Uh, Wow, we have, um, we're adding new affiliates, and uh, we're going to be giving you guys a shout out next week. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, We have, I don't know how many affiliates we have now, like 140, 150, somewhere. We've got got a boatload of them. And uh, we appreciate all of you uh, fine people uh, hanging out with us noon to 3 Eastern. Uh, Just a reminder that Sunday I will be at the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and uh, we're basically launching our our new book at at First Baptist Dallas. I'll be speaking in both morning worship services, and uh, then afterwards um, we will be signing books, and I look forward to meeting a lot of you fine people there uh, at uh, the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. If you haven't been, it is a terrific, terrific church. So be sure to check us out there uh, coming up um, Sunday. And uh, then we're going to be posting all of our – we're doing a national book tour. So we're going to be in D.C., California, all over the country, and we'll be coming to your neighborhood as well. And we're going to put all of that information on our website. Well, look, yesterday um, it was a it was crazy time at the border – and uh, it's uh, it's pretty incredible when you look at how um, at how President Biden behaved, and a lot of people were saying, you know, he just didn't look like he was there. I mean, he was there, but I don't think he was there there, if you know what I mean. 
I want to bring in a great friend of this program. He has a longtime radio host, Sergio Sanchez, uh, joins us on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Sergio, good to have you with us today. Hey, man, thanks for the call. Yeah, he wasn't there. I tell you what, Border Patrol and all the other peoples around him, they didn't want to be there. Just a, one look at a picture of all these people around him, man. They, I, I bet they were forced to be there. Somebody, All those people drew the the short straw to be behind Biden, the looks on their faces, my goodness, the disgust on all the Border Patrol and federal agents around Joe Biden yesterday. That was, that was something. They weren't even trying to hide it. I mean, they looked like they were angry at, at the president. Yeah, rightfully so, man. he's Joe Biden is the one who created the steaming pile of of policy dung on the border. It's his fault. It, it's 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 beyond comical. It's like a little kid who, who uh, you know, soils his, his underpants and blames everybody else for the, the, the crap that he did. He's, he, Joe Biden did not create illegal immigration. Joe Biden exacerbated the problem needlessly. And, and he promised, I mean, he told people voting for him that's what he was going to do, and, and nobody saw it. And now it's like, whose fault is it? Well, it's it's your fault, Dopey. He, he's the one who created this mess. It, the hypocrisy, the the uh, you know the the political games being played yesterday, it, it was just beyond ridiculous. Sergio, folks, is the program director and show host at News Talk Seven Ten KURV. Great call letters, great radio station there in the McAllen, Texas area. And Sergio, by comparison, President Trump at Eagle Pass, which has really become ground zero, um, he was bounding off of the plane, going over, shaking hands with all the Border Patrol agents. It was it was really night and day. Yeah, because uh, Border Patrol and Customs and everybody else, they know that Trump has our back. They know that he is America first. They know, you know, and, and Eagle Pass, everybody who showed up yesterday, that he, by executive pen, improvised some type of solution where, you know, three and a half years ago, we had a trickle of what we have right now. And yes, it was executive orders. I usually wouldn't go in that direction. But hell, when, when you got Congress for decades upon decades has not addressed this issue a step at a time, secure the border first, plug the hole and then deal with the flood that you have in here. Now you have open season, a flood, a tsunami under Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who actually fixed the problem three and a half years ago, who knows how to fix the problem, who knows how to force Mexico to do its part to help secure their border as well and talk with Central America and South America and other nations to take their people back. Yeah, and, and there, were, there were chants, Trump, 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 celebrating Donald Trump visiting Eagle Pass yesterday. It was wonderful. You were... You're there. You you see all of this in real time. And when you have a story like what happened to poor Lake and Riley in in uh, in Athens, Georgia, um, my yeah. understanding is you guys are dealing with this kind of stuff all the time along the border. Yeah, you know, and I could say Todd that we used to, but there's one guy who's standing in the way and has forced the cartels to shift everything far west. Uh, deep South Texas, which is where I'm at here at, at Starbase, Brownsville, McAllen, then 300 miles west of us. Texas is big. 300 miles west of us past Laredo is Eagle Pass. So Joe Biden was here with, with in our area. Eagle Pass, that's, that's 300 miles west upriver on the Rio Grande. 
that's uh, as for Donald Trump and everybody else with Governor Abbott. See, it's, it's Governor Abbott who's standing in the way. Razor wire, big box containers, whatever, the National Guard, whatever it takes, he has placed on the border. And the cartels that are making money hand over fist on this, they have now gone far west, west Texas, El Paso area, but Arizona, California, I know the hot spot. But we used to see the tsunami. In fact, McAllen, my area, which is you know, right next to Brownsville, we used to be number one in the nation for illegal entries, 3,000, 2,500, 3,500 daily on a daily basis, like, like two years ago, two, three years ago. And, and Governor Abbott said, the hell with this. This is an invasion. I'm going to do something. I'm going to put the guard on there. We're going to do whatever it takes. And, and now we're seeing the fruits of it. And God bless Greg Abbott. He's been sending charter buses to Chicago, to New York, to D.C., to Denver, to L.A., everywhere. Philadelphia has been sending all these illegal immigrants up there for all these hypocrites to deal with them and pay for them, all these so-called sanctuary cities. So it's, it's Greg Abbott that's changed things for us. And now, sadly, in the interior, you know, folks you know, from Georgia to Illinois to New York, now they've got to deal with the crime. And now they have to do some soul-searching and figure out how they got there. And I tell you, they got there by voting stupidly, by voting for Democrats nationally and at the local level, some of those Democrat politicians that declared themselves sanctuary cities. Mm. All right. Sergio Sanchez, ladies and gentlemen, radio station KURV in McAllen, Texas. And again, uh, Sergio, this is the major issue in just about every state that's held a caucus or a primary so far. Are you surprised by yes. that? No. And who's, who was it that, that said it? That was either Ted Cruz or Governor Abbott. Every state, every city is now a border state. And the problem is, is it's going to get worse. I mean, this is if the illegals and the cartels figure out that they have, what is it, another 10 months of this, they're going to continue flooding the border because Joe Biden ain't going to do anything. Texas is going to harden up the border. and They're going to continue coming through Arizona, continue going to California. Whoever makes it to Texas, everybody's going into the interior. It's going to get worse this year. And if people vote stupidly come November and vote Joe Biden or whoever is representing the Democrats, I'm still convinced it's not going to be Joe Biden. They vote for national Democrats, for Congress people. They reelect their senators, Democrats to Washington. They have doomed us. I, I, I don't know how we survive. I and mean, it's bad enough we already had like almost 10 million illegals cross the border waiting in line to hear their asylum cases. And they're, they're not going to, they're not asylum cases. I don't, I don't see how we survive this another four years. Sergio, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, good intel, and we appreciate the great work you're doing. Great radio station, and keep fighting the good fight down there, friend. Call again, friend. Thank you. All right. Uh, Sergio Sanchez, he is the program director at News Talk 710 and KURV. I mean, they're right there, folks, on the border, and they're dealing with this every single day. Just unbelievable. All right, uh, today, Open Line Friday, so you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Let's go to Jonathan, uh, listening to us on radio station KXEL in Iowa. Hi, Jonathan, what's on your mind today? Hi, Todd. If Trump is a billionaire, why is he having such a hard time coming up with the money for an appeal? Well, he's not having a hard time at all, but that's a lot of money, uh, Jonathan, and I appreciate the call. Um, but the reality is this is not about this is not about justice. This is about using our nation's legal system as a way 
to attack your political enemies. That's what it's all about. And it's not about the money. But they want to destroy this man. And it's pretty pathetic. Uh, let's go to North Carolina. Jessica, WSIC. Hi, Jessica. What say you? Well, hello. I'll try to put this as clear as I can. First off, thank you for my call. I waited for almost an hour. Okay, two things you said. One thing I agreed with, one thing I didn't. That was what happens if you spoke up about Barack Obama, then you'd be labeled one thing, okay? And then you said a, a thing about the rainbow flag. Well, I happen to like rainbows, but I'm not part of the LGBT community, all right? Um, and now what we've got out of the bag is this noncommittal vote. And right now in the media, noncommittal is, to me, should be uh, neutral, but it's already got a spin on it. So uh, as to what happened in Michigan, I'd like to know if you could please define what a noncommittal vote is, because we're, I'm feeling like the voters getting attacked at this point. It doesn't matter who's running for what, okay? They're using the legal system to make it hard to vote, period. Well, I'm I'm not quite sure I understand what you're saying because in Michigan the non-committal vote was used as a protest vote uh, by Rashida Tlaib, and there was an effort uh, in the Muslim communities to use that as a way to punish Joe Biden and and to get his attention uh, on his position with the with Gaza and Hamas. So, what if I wanted to vote non-committal on something because I just wasn't sure what my decision is? But noncommittal says I went as a voter, but I didn't know what to vote for, So, I, but I can't commit because I don't have enough information. Does that automatically make me, for those people, no, it does not. Noncommittal should be a what? neutral vote. I, I'm not understanding what you're saying. So so vote, don't, don't you have a, but would you not have a responsibility, Jessica, to go and, and do your homework and be prepared so when the time comes yeah. to vote that you're you're ready to vote? Well, I do have that responsibility. Yes, I do. But what if I did do all that and I still felt noncommittal? That doesn't mean I'm going to be noncommittal as a protest. Well, it, well, it, I, I, I don't know what to do, and at least I tried to vote. So in the end, what we're not seeing coming is that noncommittal is becoming a vote. Well, it, yes, it is, but you're voting against somebody when you're, you're voting noncommittal. No, I'm not sure about that. That's why I need help with what's, what's the definition of a noncommittal vote. What? In the that's all all right jessica appreciate the call um i think i may need a drink i think i may need a baptist martini 901-260-5926 is our number better make it a double 901-260-5926 we'll be right back All right, folks, uh, a little bit of breaking news coming out of uh, Washington, D.C. And we haven't talked a lot about this story, but we will be talking about it in the coming days. We understand that Steve Baker, who is a an investigative journalist with Blaze Media, has now been taken into custody by the FBI. Now, Steve Baker, and many of you have read his work. We've had Steve on the show a time or two. He was uh, at the U.S. Capitol on J6, and he was there as a reporter, and he was documenting the events of that day, and he has now been arrested and charged as a result of doing his job. Uh, Baker was videoed being led away in handcuffs, hands behind his back in handcuffs, as if he was um, He was also, and I'm just reading the, uh, the information here, that... Um, 
He also had shackles on his ankles. This is what they're doing to conservative journalists in America. This, my anger right now, ladies and gentlemen, is I'm just trying to keep it together because I don't want to blow out the speakers on your car right now. But this is this is enraging. So now you have this shadow government controlling Joe Biden, and that shadow government is being led by Barack Hussein Obama and and Valerie Jarrett, Jarrett of Iranian descent, and they are now jailing conservative journalists. They're coming after us just like they're going after Donald Trump. So he is being charged. Are you ready for this? And just understand, shackled shackles on his arms on his hands shackles on his ankles he is only charged with misdemeanors in memphis tennessee they don't even they won't even give you a ticket for a misdemeanor here but if you're a conservative journalist they will lead you away in shackles he is charged with knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority Disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building. Disorderly conduct in a Capitol building. Parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. The man was there, ladies and gentlemen. The man was there to do his job. He was reporting on the news. Baker turned himself into the FBI in Dallas earlier today. Uh, This is all happening within the past hour. His attorney, James Lee Bright, says that um, he is incredibly disturbed about what's happening to Mr. Baker, especially in light of the fact that Baker's been in full compliance with the FBI. He said the federal government um, is still going after people who were legitimately functioning as journalists on that day and said the whole point of this is to, is to terrify journalists into not reporting the news. So this is happening in Dallas, Texas, right now. The FBI ordered Mr. Baker to show up in shorts and sandals to make it easier to prep an individual for the humiliating perp walk, which they did. Instead, Mr. Baker arrived in a suit and a tie. Good for you, sir. He was placed in handcuffs, walked by a pair of agents to a vehicle, and transported to a courthouse. Blaze Media Editor-in-Chief Matthew Peterson posted this, It's tough to watch, totally unnecessary. There was no reason to take him into custody and have U.S. Marshals transport him to the courthouse. We expect and hope to see him on the other side of this in a few hours. Glenn Beck is livid. He says, when the United States government can come after individuals, that's when you know our republic is crumbling. I've always said that if they can go after Donald Trump, they will go after people like you and me, and now they are. But Steve Baker is not deterred, and neither are we. And I I can just tell you that we are always prepared here. You never know when the government goons are going to show up and and barge into the the radio bunker and, and try and silence this microphone. But we have plans in place. Heaven forbid something like that happens. This is just unacceptable. 
Steve Baker, and I have looked into the case, and the video clearly exonerates this man. He was there as a journalist. I mean, it's very clear. But again, the breaking news, Blaze Media investigative journalist Steve Baker taken into custody by the FBI. Ladies and gentlemen, I say this. Defund and dismantle the FBI. Make everybody unemployed. Come up with something else. But what they're doing now is not working. 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, good to have you with us. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. AJ in Georgia, listening to us on WDUN. Hi, AJ. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, Todd. I've, I've called before, uh, but uh, I live real near Athens, and I have a daughter and a 21-year-old granddaughter, uh, and this has really hit home for me. And I've been watching this, and I heard you talking about the mayor and the sheriff uh, and uh, I know uh, Governor Kemp has been great. He's been doing a, a lot of good that he's trying to do. And I heard they did take the told them they will not be using the uh, the district attorney in Athens on this case. I'm not sure if you heard that yet. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, what's going on with these people here? Uh, I'm just worried about everybody. And uh, anywhere I go, we spend most of our time in Athens, and uh, just not even sure. Uh, what to do or what to say about this. So I just wanted to uh, let you know that I hope people like yourself who are wonderful Americans will keep uh, Lake and Riley in the forefront of this news because I'm afraid after her funeral today that they will uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that they will uh, take her off the headlines and she'll be forgotten within about a week. And I'm sure hoping that doesn't go that way. Well, you know, we're going to do our best here on, on this program, AJ, and there are so many cases like this and, you know, the, the reality is that not a lot of them get the, the kind of news coverage. Certainly, the, the mainstream media has already moved on from this, right? They, they know this does not fit the narrative, and they know how dangerous this kind of a story is because it really does convey the, the brutality of what's happening in this country with these illegals. And they want everybody to believe that these illegals are just coming right across the border, singing Kumbaya and uh, wanting to become great American citizens, and they don't. They want to destroy this nation, and they want to do harm to us. Yeah, and and, and I, I believe that, and I hear what you're saying. I, the mayor was talking about up there, it's not a sanctuary city, but they have him, you know, on video recordings that he was talking about that. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just worried about that, that she'll, she'll be forgotten. And I know people like yourself will try to keep it uh, real tight into, into the forefront, but Somebody's going to have to pay for some of these things. I, I, I've been around a real long time with a daughter and a granddaughter, and I tell you what, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Uh, I went through Vietnam. I went through a lot of other things, and uh, this is just this is just insane. The news media, uh, I'm not even sure what to say about about them anymore. MSNBC uh, says it's just a not a good thing. It's just a terrible thing. He's a you know, what are they calling them now? Undocumented uh, immigrants and so forth. They're calling like, them newcomers just, now. Newcomers is yeah, what they're oh, calling them. Yeah I, heard, yeah, I heard that too. And I thought, you know, and I said, well, I just try to call. I'm not, you know, really sure how to how to process stuff. But I just want to make sure that some people keep it on, on the forefront here. And uh, 
I'm just praying for the country. I, I'm afraid that I don't know we're ever getting out of this. All right. Well, AJ, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for that. And again, folks, our telephone lines are open, 901-260-5926. This is Open Line Friday. That's 901-260-5926. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, on the phone from Riverton, Utah, is Mayor Trent Staggs, who is running to be the next United States Senator from Utah. Mayor, good to have you with us today. Hey, great to be on again. Thanks, Tom. Uh, you know, you, you hear callers like that, and, and I think the nation, at least, uh, well, certainly not the media, but the nation, the citizens of America, they see these kinds of stories about um, young American girls that are being brutalized by these illegals. I guess it sort of makes sense why that seems to be the big issue uh, that will be compelling voters to get out uh, and, and vote in November. Absolutely. I think I think the number one issue I'm hearing on the campaign trail really is the border and just how disastrous it is under the Biden administration and just how intentional, you know, they, it's, it's beyond incompetence. I think it's by design. They're allowing this flood, this invasion coming across the border. I mean, you could have very well maintained the policies that President Trump had that were effective in keeping, um, you know, the, the number of these illegal immigrants um, at 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 bay. And we are seeing this. And sadly, yes, far too many crimes are being committed by folks that shouldn't be here. And I'm seeing that in my own home state. Uh, I spoke with the Salt Lake City field office director for ICE, and he had claimed this was back in October when when they had issued a memo declaring even my own state a sanctuary state because of the the policies that they were enacting. And uh, he, he made the horrifying statement that on average about two uh, illegal immigrants a day they are deporting that have committed sexual assault. And uh, this is staggering. It's got huge impacts on all of our residents. The number one goal or the number one responsibility of government is to protect its citizens in their rights to life, liberty, and property. And this is, uh, this is not happening under this Biden administration and why we need to get in there. We need President Trump back in office, and we need America first senators and congresspeople uh, to be able to work with President Trump and get this under control. Yeah, um, I know that Nikki Haley has been um, crisscrossing the state of Utah, had a visit there. How is how is her message resonating with Utah Republicans? I'm curious. It isn't. I, I mean, this is uh, it, it's resonating with a few in the establishment. And, you know, I see some of our elected officials here in the state of Utah that rally uh, or trying to rally behind Nikki and, and give her, her campaign that's on life support right now, some, you know, some semblance of breath, but it really isn't. I mean, Americans, they, especially Utahns here, uh, they, they were very happy under uh, president Trump and his leadership. You know, we're ready to get back uh, to such successful policy uh, where we had, you know, tax cuts and great Supreme Court nominations and strength on the world stage that we just don't have today. And, you know, somebody in office there that was fighting for everyday Americans. And uh, that's what's so appealing about uh, President Trump and all of his great accomplishments. And we don't have that in Nikki Haley. We have somebody who I think is uh, a difference without a real distinction uh, between her and, uh, and Joe Biden. 
And sadly, that's uh, that's the case. And I think more and more Americans are seeing that. I mean, we see President Trump polling 80 percent or higher amongst Republican voters. He's winning almost every poll um, in a race against Joe Biden. And we need to get back to those policies that were so successful. All right. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, Mayor Trent Staggs, who is running for the U.S. Senate Super Tuesday uh, coming up. Um, How are things going for you out on the campaign trail? Oh, they're going fantastic. I mean, I've been so blessed. We're out there. Uh, We've got so much support in this great state. You know, almost over 100 elected officials across the state of Utah that have endorsed my candidacy, supporting me on the national stage. We've been the recipient of so many great endorsements from Senator Tommy Tuberville, Carrie Lake, Mark Levin, Charlie Kirk, uh, Rick Grinnell, Cash Patel, so many great patriots. Um, And this message of America first, of working for everyday Americans, my record that's typified that for 10 years that I've been in office, that's really, really resonating with folks here in the state. And uh, we think we are, we're in the lead. Uh, We need to get through our caucus and convention here in April and the primaries in June. And we expect uh, to be the next Senator from the great state of Utah and actually have two constitutional conservatives in our state with me and Senator Mike Lee. Uh, That's what we've been saying. If you want another Mitt Romney, I'm not your guy. If you want another Mike Lee, I am your guy. And uh, we've had many here say that would be the dream team to be able to be back there and work with Senator Lee and uh, advance such constitutional conservative principles and get this country back on track. Well said. All right. We're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Mr. Mayor, good luck to you. And again, the website, uh, TrentStags.com, ladies and gentlemen, that's TrentStags.com. Mr. Mayor, good luck to you. Thank you so much. All right. Um, again, our telephone number here, ladies and gentlemen, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Uh, just a reminder that we are in the middle of a big fundraising effort uh, for our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, and uh, they are doing a terrific job of that. Uh, it's especially important seeing how they are standing up for people who would otherwise have no Uh, legal representation. I'm thinking about Mid-Vermont Christian School in the headlines. They have now been banned from athletic competition because they do not support boys on girls' teams. So as we head into the weekend, I want you to take a moment to remember what's at stake here. And Alliance Defending Freedom needs our help. If you go to my website, toddsterns.com, there is a Stand with ADF banner at the very top of the page. And you're going to be able to help me support this very important organization. My goal is to raise $20,000 for these good people. Now, we're wrapping up the first week, and we're we're finishing the week strong. And I'd like to hit the $2,500 mark, if we can, by this this first few days. And you can do that by going to ToddSterns.com and lending a helping hand. You can also call them, that number, 855-417-6556. That's 855-417-6556. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Wow, this day is uh, flying by. Uh, Coming up. We're going to be talking to North Dakota Governor Doug Bergram. Uh, He's going to be here. Um, You know, he ran for president. I like this guy. Honestly, between you and me, um, he would have made a good president. 
uh, he's sent the National Guard down to the border uh, there. And, of course, he's endorsed President Trump ahead of Super Tuesday uh, coming up next week. And uh, so we'll be talking with um, with the governor in the next hour. Also, a fascinating story about a, a missionary in uh, Guatemala who uh, has written an incredible book. This is this is going to be a great conversation coming up in the um, in the last uh, segment of the show today. Also, I just want to encourage you folks uh, to head over uh, to Amazon Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and pre-order a copy of Twilight's Last Gleaming. Can America be saved? We are in the uh, final throes of the book launch, and I'm I'm very anxious for you to read the book. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the book. I think on launch day we're gonna I'm gonna read a couple of passages uh, for you, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to get a sense of the uh, the flavor. There's a lot of humor in this book, a lot of humor. All right, um, I want to play some audio for you. This is from a. Um, a transgender U.S. Space Force official uh, talking about how inclusion is a matter of national security. Cut number two. So inclusion is a national security imperative. We fight today and we are going to fight in the future using brain power. And if that brain who's going to revolutionize the way we fight in space, we fight in cyber, just happens to be in a trans body, you should want them all serving alongside me. And for your organizations, it's the same way. Those perspectives that we get from a diverse set of individuals, it's been talked about on stage a lot regarding the science behind high-performing teams. We need those perspectives. But it's inclusion that actually drives that. Because you can bring people in, and if they don't feel safe to speak up, if they don't feel safe to bring their full selves to work, you're not going to get the value of the diversity. So for us, it is absolutely critical to drive our future success as an organization and potentially on the battlefield. And I think it's the same way for all of you because we can't leave that talent that is going to revolutionize the way we do business behind. All right, that's a lieutenant colonel. Dude in a dress wearing pantyhose. How do you think the Russians feel about that? You think they're laughing at us right now? What about the Chinese? You think the Chinese are are trembling in fear? Cut number one. All too often, I hear leaders talk about providing everyone with dignity and respect like it's an aspirational goal. That's not good enough. Dignity and respect is the bare minimum. It's the floor of where we can be. We must set our sights higher and focus on intentional inclusivity because there are still far too many people out there, not just LGBTQ individuals, that feel marginalized, shut out, or discriminated against. So for all of you out there, I ask you to set out your symbols of pride, share your pronouns in your email, particularly if you're a person who doesn't think they need to, initiate difficult conversations about racial and gender barriers, and share a bit of your vulnerability in a way that draws others in. You all have the power to take intentionally inclusive actions to ensure the multiple perspectives that we know make us stronger as we devise winning warfighting strategies get heard. All right, this was all part of a Pentagon-sponsored symposium talking about inclusivity 
within the military. So this is happening uh, with the Air Force, Army, Marines, Navy, everybody, Space Force. Do you understand now why they're having a hard time recruiting people to join the military? Now, it seems to me if you're a member of the alphabet activist community, well, you're going to want to join. And the reality is that most of them are not because it's such a small segment of the population. Now, the media would have you believe that everybody's gay, that that the true minority in America would be um, a heterosexual, right? There, They would have you believe everybody's gay. So if that's the case, I mean, if we're buying into the media's argument that everybody's gay, then why are they having such a hard time finding people to join the military, which now is really not a military defending America as much as it is defending the LGBT agenda? Because this military is a rainbow military. This is not the U.S. military. Those days are gone. But this is why people are saying, okay, I'm done here. There's no way that I'm going to send my son, I'm going to send my daughter to serve under some sort of a transgender person, a dude in a dress. Not going to happen. And and a lot of these young people, you know, they're coming out of this radical indoctrination that they've been through in high school, and they're like, why in the world would I want to volunteer to be a part of an organization that is just tripling down on what we've been we've been that's been shoved down our throats in schools. So I completely get it. But I'm curious to know from our veterans, are are you concerned about military preparedness? Are are you concerned about our ability to go and fight and win a war? Again, it's not so much fighting wars, it's winning them. Are we better off when most of our military leadership at the Pentagon level is woke, that most of our military generals are LGB or T? Because this does seem to be the major focus right now. 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. Another story we're going to be following in the next hour, the the latest from Fulton County, Georgia, that courthouse where Big Fanny Willis and her boy toy lover, uh, that hearing has continued, and it is not looking good. And, folks, I, I know this may be hard to grasp, but there's a good chance Donald Trump could could end up getting out of all of these charges. I mean, all of the cases that they have levied against Donald Trump are just they're falling apart. And why is that? Because he didn't break the law. So there you go. All right, hang tight, everybody. We've got to take a quick break. We'll catch up on the Tom of the Hour news. 901-260-5926, open line Friday. We'll be right back. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starks. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starks Radio Program. Hope you're doing well today. A lot going on. <laughs> wow. Folks, I... Uh, 
You know, it's nonstop. Normally, I, I take a breather, walk outside, get some fresh air in the lungs, and uh, but it's just been wall-to-wall answering emails and uh, putting out fires today. Um, all right, I, I want to go right to the phones. It is Open Line Friday, uh, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Uh, let's uh, start uh, this hour of the show with Donnie in North Carolina, WHKP, our great affiliate there. Hi, Donnie, what's on your mind? Hey, I was uh, listening to you about the transistor in the military. Uh, Excuse me. I'm an ex-vet. I I served uh, with 18th Airborne Corps, Desert Storm, and uh, transistor in the military period, I think is a disgrace. Um, I I don't think, you know, that... They should even be allowed. You know, you don't know how they are, what, you know, medications they're on or whatever. You don't know how it's going to affect them. And um, I think, you know, and, and I love America and I love this country, but I think, you know, for the last three and a half years, we've probably got the, the weakest military in the world, and the world knows that, and that's why we're getting picked on so much. And I've got one more other comment. I just want to shout out and say, go Vols. Oh, I like that. Go Vols indeed. All right. Thanks, Donnie. Uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm very interested to hear from military veterans. Uh, you guys, you gals, you served out there. You put it all on the line. And here's my take on, and, and you know, some people have different opinions of, of uh, you know, the, the LGBT crowd, whether or not they should serve. Uh, Bill Clinton, of course, back in the day, don't ask, don't tell. My personal philosophy is this. If you want to put it all on the line for for this country, you want to stand up and fight for my freedom, then I support you. But what I don't support is turning the military into some sort of a social social justice training camp where all the uh, the soldiers are wearing the rainbow flag. I got a problem with that. Big problem. Uh, Let's go to Don in South Carolina. Hi, Don. What's on your mind? Okay, I was in the Navy for four years. There's a story that goes back to the Vietnam War where four guys who were transgendered got into a fight in the US, USS New Jersey in a gun mount. And what happened was they committed suicide and they blew up one of the gun turrets. You can't have these relationships in the military. Military is a staunch discipline. When they say turn right, you've got to turn right. You can't think about it. When they say shoot at 33 degrees, you can't think about your boyfriend. Yeah, I guess. Don, I have no idea what you're talking about as far as the uh, the suicide story. I haven't heard that story, um, and I, I'll, I'll look into it. Uh, but I, I, I think when it goes to um, when it goes to order in the military, that's when you've got to step back and say, okay, what is the military all about here? Are we a training ground for the transgender movement, or are we here to uh, to kill the enemy and blow things up? That's that's what we have to decide. Don, appreciate that call. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Let's go to uh, North Carolina. Dan on the line wants to weigh in on Speaker Mike Johnson. Hi, Dan. What's going on today? Hey, uh, Todd, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Yes, sir. I'm a Vietnam era veteran a long time ago. But anyway, uh, 
uh, <clears throat> Mike Johnson just uh, Trish Reg and I was uh, I was looking at Facebook while I was listening to you and she come across there and I clicked on it and he's just now released the five thousand tapes of the J six. Okay, do me a favor here, uh, Dan. I want you to turn down whatever's blaring in the background. We can barely hear you. I've got okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Is that there, we, better? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, I had the uh, Facebook. Uh, it was still on there when I was talking. Yeah, but he just released those. Uh, when did he do that? I, I have no information on, on that, and it's certainly not in the news. So when did you're saying that Speaker Johnson has released all the J6 tapes? Yeah, Trish Reagan just come across. Like I said, I was looking at uh, Facebook while I was listening to you, and then it come across on my Facebook that that she had breaking news, so I clicked on it. There's another thing I was wanting to tell you about, too, I don't know if you know about, but the uh, VA has started seeing uh, illegal immigrants, uh, you know, looking at their health and uh, any kind of whatever kind of things they got bothering them and uh, looking at their teeth and stuff. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's, that's, that shouldn't be. Because the VA is supposed to be for veterans. That they, they don't even do health care to some veterans, and they do them in, to these illegals. That ain't right. All right. Uh, appreciate that call. Thank you for listening. Got to take a break here, folks. We'll be right back. But this is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. I call him Crooked Joe because he's crooked. He's a terrible president, the worst president our country's ever had, and probably the most incompetent president we've ever had but it's uh allowing thousands and thousands of people to come in from china iran yemen the congo syria and a lot of other nations many nations are not very friendly to us he's transported the entire columns of uh, fighting aged men and they're all at a certain age and you look at them and they say they, they look like warriors to me something's going on that's bad now the united states is being overrun by the biden migrant crime it's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country it's migrant crime we call it Biden migrant crime, but that's a little bit long, so we'll just leave it. But every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from. Allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office, because hopefully the biggest risk we have is nine months. That's a long time. Right. A lot of bad things can happen. As I always say, in speeches and rallies, it's if you take the 10 worst presidents in the history of our country and you added them all up, all of the problems, all of the lousy jobs they've done, you can add them all up. It's not as bad as this one man has done for our country. What he's done to our country is he's destroying our country. Uh, we were just talking before. We were, The general was saying, I can't believe, he can't believe what's happening. He can't believe it's so sad. Last year, almost half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 6,900 burglaries, 7,500 weapons crimes. This is all migrant crime. 4,300 sex crimes, 1,600 kidnappings, and 1,700 homicides and murders. These are the people that 
are coming into our country and they're coming from jails and they're coming from prisons and they're coming from mental institutions and they're coming from insane asylums and they're terrorists they're being led into our our country and uh it's horrible it's horrible all right that was president trump yesterday at the border I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, say hello to the great governor of North Dakota, Governor Doug Burgum. Governor, good to have you with us today. Todd, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. And I have to say, I really I really enjoyed your performance during the uh, those early debates. I thought I, I, I was shouting in agreement with you in pretty much everything you were saying. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. The uh, support and encouragement, and uh, and of course, great now to be endorsing President Trump. And uh, I just got was at the border two weeks ago myself, and everything he's saying is absolutely true. It's happening. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, I know that uh, you sent the National Guard to the border. Uh, why did Why did you do that? Why was that important for you to do? Well, we've been doing it throughout my time as administration. We're we're a border state. We're on the northern border. Uh, we understand. Uh, how this impacts. But of course, the federal government hasn't even staffed the positions. They've got open positions in the Border Patrol, so they're pulling people off the northern border to go to the southern border to do paperwork. So the problem on the southern border is creating an open border on the northern border. And and so we care about it that way. But I think every state, every governor uh, is now running a border state because this invasion is also mass casualties. Uh, I think, you know, our administration in North Dakota, we've cared a lot about the disease of addiction, and that we've lost the equivalent of five Vietnams of deaths due to overdoses since Joe Biden took office. 330,000 people. Every seven minutes, there's a fentanyl poisoning in this country. And so, it's, yes, there's a mass invasion, but we've also got mass casualties. And so I don't know how not to care deeply about this because it's a, it is. It's destroying the country. Governor, um you see what's happening at the southern border, and it's a great point you make that it's also happening at the northern border. I think in Maine a couple of days ago, they had a bunch of Chinese nationals sneaking into the country. Uh, this is a, a huge national security issue, and I know we've had a lot of lawmakers on our program saying it's not a matter of if but when. Uh, what are you hearing as as the governor? Are you Are they sharing this information with you that – you know, there is a clear and present danger lurking in America right now? No, the communication with the federal government to the to the governors has been a, really abysmal. And one of the things we were at the National Governors Association uh, meeting recently, our, our chairman, uh, Spencer Cox from uh, Utah, he's the chairman this year for the national, for, you know, Republicans and Democrats. The, the request that he made was, could you please tell all the governors, these 10 million people that you've a so-called asylum seekers that you've put in the country, what was the address that they gave you that they said they're going? The federal government hasn't even shared that. They, of course, don't have to go to that address, but literally no governor can tell you that they know where these 10 million people have been shipped to uh, around the nation. And so it is uh, the, it, the federal government is not only failing at their duty to, to they're one of their, the narrow list of things that in the Constitution the federal government is supposed to do. It's national security. That includes border security. They're failing to do it. And when governors want to step in to help, you see what happens with Governor Greg Abbott. They battle against the states when they say, give us the information so we might know where some of these uh, people may be staying. Who's got a criminal record and where did you send them to? That would be great to know. Federal government not sharing it. I mean, Joe Biden's first 100 days in office, 
He signed 94 executive actions on immigration, but they weren't to stop immigration. Many of those were to reverse the policies that President Trump had put in place. So as a governor who served under President Trump, and now I've had to endure the Biden administration, I can tell you, we're, as a state governor, we're on the front lines. And the Biden administration, wrong on the economy, wrong on energy, wrong on national security, wrong on border, border security. And President Trump, he had it all right. America was safer and more prosperous when President Trump was in office, and that's just a fact. On the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today, this Friday, is Governor Doug Burgum from North Dakota. And the governor, of course, uh, Super Tuesday coming up. Uh, I've been a big fan of Donald Trump for a very long time, and it, it concerns me that Nikki Haley is still in the race, and only from the from the from the point of this is costing a lot of money, and this is money that could and should be used to fight the Democrats, not each other. Well, you're absolutely right, and and uh, I got to tell you, Todd. I mean, it's uh, it's really benefiting the Democrats right now. I mean, Gavin Newsom was on CNN last week saying that the best surrogate that Joe Biden has in the country right now is Nikki Haley. Because every day that uh, she's out there attacking President Trump, uh, in and again, Super Tuesday's coming, uh, he's going to win 70-30, these 80-20. These are landslide mega victories that he's going to have. He'll win in North Dakota in our caucus on Monday, so he'll rack up another victory before he even gets to Super Tuesday. And this race is functionally over. So I'm pleased to see President Trump is, is uh, ignoring uh Nikki Haley right now and all other competitors that think there's a race that's still on. He's going to be the nominee. And as a party, we've got to unite behind him. And we've got to focus on beating Joe Biden in November, because like I said, Joe Biden, another four years, I can tell you as a governor, it'd be bad, bad for our state. It would be bad for every state, certainly bad for global stability in the, in the world right now, because his policies like on energy, he's empowering Iran, China, Russia. I mean, the energy policies are helping our adversaries and hurting America. Governor, I'm curious, um, looking at um, looking down the road, Trump's going to be looking for a VP. Uh, got any recommendations? Well, I know President Trump, at, he'll make a, a, a smart decision at the time of his choosing. And, and, I, and I know uh, he's going to, he's learned a lot since 2016. I think the, his administration from, you know, the VP to the cabinet leaders to the 4,000 positions he'll appoint, uh, these are people that are going to be focusing on America first, and people are going to be—they're going to see a change in this country when he's elected. Uh, and it's not the—it's not this uh, be afraid uh, about you know democracy going away. Joe Biden, with with his his efforts through his agencies, you know everything from you know the EPA, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of Land Management, states like North Dakota—we're under assault with a mountain of regulations that are not laws passed by Congress. That's a dictatorship. When some one administration without a single vote from the other party tries to drive their ideology on the entire country. And so I know that our, our economy will be better. The world will be safer when President Trump's back in office. All right. That was a very good political non-answer there, Governor. I got to I got to give you credit for that one. But uh, but I understand. I understand. But um, what about yourself? I mean, if President Trump called you up, would would you be interested in the gig? Well, I, I care about this country as President Trump does. I've had an opportunity to, uh, you know, see him at work and see how hard he works. I mean, America should know when he won that Iowa caucus by 30 points, I mean, historic, largest Huge. victory in a multi-candidate, you know, ever, gets on the plane. He invited First Lady Catherine and I along with him 
uh, and on Trump Force One, it's midnight when we're leaving Iowa. There wasn't one single alcoholic beverage served on that plane. There was 40 people on there as part of the team, and everybody worked for the next two and a half hours till we landed on the way to New Hampshire, and including the president himself setting the pace. So it was 3.30 in the morning when we landed, and the guy had read you know, 20 newspaper articles that were printed off for him. They were focusing on the next week. This guy works around the clock for American people. And so, you know, I, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that would love to be part of that Trump administration. All right, you got to spill the beans here. What was that like, being on Trump Force One? Well, I think, it's, again, it's an insight that's exactly opposite of what the mainstream media would portray because here's a, you know, here's a big victory. There was, wasn't even five minutes of celebrating. It was like, okay, we got a job to do. We're focused on November. We're going to go. And... And again, on the working on strategy and working on on how do how do they navigate through this uh, primary thing? And I just again, I've always been impressed by his work ethic. That was his particular lens in the middle of the night recently, where I think Americans just need to know mm-hmm. how hard he works, uh, how he how hard he works for all of us. I, I I got to see that up close and personal. I spent ninety minutes with him uh, during an interview uh, and at his office at Mar-a-Lago. And the man can multitask. I've never seen anybody uh, do it at the level he does it. But to your point, he is a hard worker, and he's a great man, and he's going to be a great president. Uh, Governor, we got to leave it there. An honor to have you on the program, sir. You're a great American patriot. Well, Todd, thank you, and uh, credit to you for everything you do to help keep Americans informed, and what an incredible career you've had, and honored to be on with you. All right, Governor Doug Burgum, everybody, from North Dakota. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. head into the weekend please remember to support our friends at alliance defending freedom Uh, we are launching a month-long fundraising campaign and here's the deal if when when we hit our our goal that's it so i mean we could finish hitting the goal today um we need a lot of people to donate to do that but I, i want to encourage you to take a moment and go to our website toddstearns.com click on that banner at the very top of the page the ADF banner, and uh, make a contribution. We are looking at um, folks doing some some incredible work uh, through Alliance Defending Freedom. They are fighting for us every single day, um, all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. And that they've done that uh, so many times, 15 victories since 2011. You're, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you are under attack, you know, your religious liberty is under attack, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, they're the people that you want to reach out to because they are winners. They have some of the smartest attorneys out there. And again, your gift, whether it's $10 or $100 or more, it's going to be able to help Alliance Defending Freedom fight these critical court battles. And look, I get it. A lot of folks say, well, you know, I I can only afford to give, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, Todd. You know, it's Biden, Biden economics. I know that. Bidenomics. I know. I get it. But but even if it's $5 or $10, that money is going to help because we've got, let's just say we have 5,000 listeners give $5 or $10. That's a chunk of change right there. So it is going to make a difference. And together, our audience is really going to be able to 
really help fuel this engine as ADF fights two more Supreme Court battles, and that's going to happen this year. So again, ToddStearns.com, click on the um, the Standing with ADF banner, or you can give them a call, 855-417-6556. That's 855-417-6556. Well, I told you earlier in the program, uh, we're taking a, a little bit of an odd turn in the show today. Uh, there is a brand new children's book out, and it is a bilingual children's book, which is a little unusual. Uh, it uh, came out just a few days ago, and one of the authors is on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, Jackie Darby, a missionary in Guatemala, uh, with the brand new book, Whose Am I? The Truth About Your Worth and Identity in Christ. Jackie, good to have you on the program today. Hi, Todd. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, let's just jump right into this. Uh, tell us about about the brand new book. Well, we are super excited, my co-author Aisha and I, um, to be able to <clears throat> present this book, um, Whose Am I in English? And um, it all began because of my story, what God has done in my life. And so, so yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I was just going to tell a little bit about my story. And I was um, an abandoned baby left to die in the garbage dump of Seoul, Korea. Um, I had rats eating on my naked little body. And I believe that God sent an angel, a missionary nurse, who found me, rescued me, and took me into an orphanage. And from that point on, I became eligible for adoption. And in the meantime, uh, God was working another part of the story and touched my parents' heart, who were from Illinois, um, rural farmers in in Illinois, and they really uh, had a heart to adopt, but they already had five biological children of their own. And they began the adoption process, but three previous babies that were assigned to them all passed away before they ever made it to their home. So on the day that um, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated, about an hour after that news went across the radio and and TV, my mom received a phone call from Mrs. Bertha Holt, who is the co-founder of Holt International, and asked her if they would reconsider a fourth baby that they had found and explain my situation And my parents immediately said no, because they felt like, well, after three babies passed away, then maybe it just wasn't part of God's will. But after a few weeks, they um, changed their mind, and I ended up in the United States at eight months old, flew into Chicago O'Hare, and began a, a life with my new adopted family. And so you you tell this story uh, in the book, and it, it's for children, but but I understand it's also for for adults. Is that right? Well, it's definitely a resource for adults to use um, to read to their children. The ages are six to ten years old. That's the age group that we focused on. But our heart's desire is that anybody who reads this book, whether they're children, teenagers, or adults, will all. Um, hear a message about their identity and worth through Christ. And I understand that you know this book is really good for children who might be wanting to understand uh, adoption. Is that accurate? 
That is true. Um, another one of our heart's desire, I'm a missionary in Guatemala, and I help with a support group for adult adoptees. And over the years, um, my co-author and I, who we work with adults and a lot of vulnerable children, uh, we have found that here especially, adoption is a big secret. And several of these adult adoptees aren't even told they're adopted until they're in their 20s and 30s and talk about an identity crisis. And so we felt like, wow, through my story and also through the story of another character who's in the book, who is my co-author's youngest adopted daughter, um, I've been able to share my story and help her in her adoption process in understanding just, you know, we both can identify with the questions, um, just the trauma that, that sometimes adopted kids go through of not understanding why they're not with the original families and their identity and where they came from. And so um, after spending time with Darlie, the character in the book, and hearing so many of these other stories that the adoptees don't know the truth or they found out at such a later, later age in their life, we felt there was such a need and God could use my story and Darlie's story to help um, open up these sometimes very complicated conversations and talk about the truth. Well, I think this is just terrific. And again, folks, uh, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, Jackie Darby, a missionary in Guatemala, co-author of the brand new book, Whose Am I? The Truth About Your Worth and Identity in, in Christ. And I'm curious, Jackie, I know the book just came out, but have you started getting any kind of feedback, any response from readers? Yes. Believe it or not, we are so excited to hear all the different comments. Um, there was a lot of pre-orders um, for the book, a lot of excitement. So we're super happy about that, that everybody is very excited about reading this book. But um, it's so exciting because not just small children are wanting to read the story and, and get into the story because the illustrations are beautiful. And my co-author, Aisha, has such a gift for illustrating and brings the whole story alive. But we have been getting so many, um, so much feedback, even from adults who are reading it with older children and adult adoptees who have, been, who have already read it and, and said, oh, my goodness, this message speaks to my heart, even though I'm an adult. So we have been getting lots of positive feedback from all ages. Well, this is just terrific. It's a really a beautiful book. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's available wherever you buy your books. You can also find it on Amazon. Uh, again, the name of the book, Whose Am I? The Truth About Your Worth and Identity in Christ. Jackie, congratulations, and uh, please congratulate your co-author as well. We wish you guys nothing but the very best, and uh, here's to a great-selling book. Thank you so much for having me. All right. There you go, folks. Um, again, Whose Am I? It's a great storybook. And, uh, and especially, you know, if you've got, um, if you have uh, someone in your family who, who might be adopted, uh, this is a great little storybook uh, that can really help them understand who they are. And uh, as um, Jackie wrote, this is perfect for adopted or foster kids. 
for parents hoping to adopt or just kids wanting to understand what adoption's all about. So there you go. Well done. All right, uh, folks, we've got to take a quick break here. Again, our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We've been watching on uh, Newsmax the uh, closing arguments in the Big Fanny Willis case. So we're uh, paying very close attention to that. Uh, you can watch Newsmax. Uh, go over to Newsmax Live on their YouTube channel, and uh, you'll be able to watch it for free there. Also on their Newsmax Facebook page. So, by the way, tonight, 5 o'clock, uh, you can also watch me on Newsmax, 5 o'clock Eastern. Uh, be sure to watch our show. We've got a, a great lineup of guests, uh, Caroline Levitt. And by the way, on Monday, President Trump is confirmed to be a guest on the Todd Stearns Radio Program and in advance of Super Tuesday. So always, always fun to have President Trump on the, the program. All right. Um, by the way, speaking of that, speaking of Newsmax and President Trump, uh, Newsmax wants to know your opinion. They are still conducting this national poll on who you think Trump ought to pick as his vice presidential running mate. And there are a lot of names being thrown around out there. I heard Christy Nome uh, was at the top of the list. And, of course, uh, Governor Nome was just at Mar-a-Lago a couple of days ago, closed-door meetings. And we asked Caroline about that. Caroline Lovett. Uh, so, um, hmm, is Christy Nome? does she have the inside track there? We'll have to see. But Trump does want to know what you think. And President Trump's a big fan of Newsmax, watches it all the time. So vote right now in the Newsmax poll. You say, Todd, how do I do that? Well, it's very simple. Take out your smartphone and text the word SKIP, S-K-I-P, to 39747. That's SKIP to 39747. And Newsmax will send you the poll link right away, and you will be able to participate. Again, that is SKIP to 39747. A couple of stories we've been following in the uh, culture war um, um, area. It's Friday. I lost the word. My apologies. Uh, we've been talking about the censorship of Christians while well, a church in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, learned that lesson the hard way. Hulan Street Church, uh, they wanted to advertise on Hulu. A 22-second video, uh, Pastor Wes Hamilton wanted to invite viewers to attend services. So uh, they have a lot of first responders that are members of the church, and many of them are not able to attend on uh, Sunday because they have to work. So the church decided, let's start a special weeknight service for people you know who might be firefighters or police officers. Anyway, Hulu rejected the video, and they did it not once but twice, and they accused the church of violating a policy regarding religious indoctrination. Now, at this point in the story, you would think, okay, so the church just went quietly, but they did not. Pastor West reached out to First Liberty Institute, and about 48 hours later, Hulu changed its policy. It turns out there is a law on the books that makes it illegal to discriminate against Christians. And so good for you, Pastor Wes, for doing the right thing here. Nobody had to nobody got hurt, nobody got beat up, nothing got burned down. Hulu changed its policy. 
So we're glad to hear that Hulu did the right thing as well. Uh, There is another crazy story, uh, this one out of Miami. There's a tiny church in Miami, and they're trying to find a place for um, a Sunday morning service or a Wednesday night Bible study. And by tiny church, they have about 10 members. So there are just not many people there. And so they don't need a lot of space. So a meeting room would suffice. So they reached out to the Miami-Dade Public Library System, and they've got libraries all over the place, and they asked, is it possible for us to use or rent a meeting room at one of your libraries? But they were turned down. The congregation was rejected, and it turns out that there's actually a policy on the books that bans religious groups from using any meeting space in the library. So if you're a church, you are not allowed in Miami-Dade County, Florida, to utilize any space inside the library. It seems to me that Governor Ron DeSantis needs to know about this so that he can he can fix this. So anyway, the American Center for Law and Justice, uh, they are now jumping in and they are representing this church. And um, But as it now stands, they are still banned from using a meeting room in the library. What I find interesting, I did a little bit of research, and it turns out that the Miami-Dade Public Library system is very big, and dare I say bullish, on drag queens. So they are more than than willing to open up their, their libraries to the drag queens, but not to Christians. What do you make of that? So the ACLJ, about 30 years ago, they had a very similar case that went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled that the government uh, violates the First Amendment when it denies access to a speaker or a group simply to suppress a point of view. And that case, in particular, involved a public school's decision to ban a church from using their meeting space. And if I could just point out here, and I know you guys know this, Churches are made up of people. Those people are what we call taxpayers. And those taxpayers actually pay money to build the libraries and to build the public schools. And if you are going to open up your library or your public school to a drag queen, if you're going to turn your public library or your public school into a gay bar, then guess what? You got to let the Christians in. It's a very simple rule. So anyway, we'll let you know how things turn out here. Uh, ACLJ's already sent warning letters to the library, and they're saying, hey, look, what you're doing is illegal, and we will sue you. We will go to court if we have to. And who knows if they do that, uh, the the church might have enough money to build their, their own building. So there you go. All right, again, coming up a little bit later on tonight, folks, uh, it's going to be a fun show on Newsmax. Caroline Levitt is going to join us. Also, we're going to be getting uh, reports on what happened at the border and also what happened in court today. Uh, The closing arguments continuing. President Trump in court today as well. So a lot of moving parts. uh, Breaking news Friday uh, just here on the Todd Stern Show, but also over on Newsmax. And also, just a reminder, head over to Amazon and get yourself a pre-ordered copy of my new book, Twilight's Last Gleaming, Can America Be Saved? 
We're going to be um, in Dallas this coming weekend, Sunday, at the First Baptist Church in Dallas. If you are in the area, would love for you to drop by and say hello, and would love to be able to worship with you and your family there at a great church. Pastor Robert Jeffress uh, is going to be preaching, and I'm going to be speaking, and we're going to have a great time. All right, folks, we've got to scoot out of here. It has been a great day. In the meantime, head over to the website, download our freebies. That's our podcast. That's our newsletter. Great resources for you. In the meantime, you get out there and you be good, America.